Number six, pray constantly. Eight and number six, pay attention to these four words of advice because they'll be of great benefit to you in both worlds. You remember when Eov was in trouble, when he was already in Gahatetzoidus. So his friend said to him like this, Hayaroch shuacha lo betzar. Did you arrange your prayers when you were not yet in distress? You hear that accusation they made against Eov? Did you remember to cry out to Hashem when things were still well? It means that we're expected to pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu before misfortune comes. In Masech the Sanhedrin, the same advice is given. A man should always make sure to say his prayers before the trouble comes upon him. And it could very well be that had you done so, then everything would have been different. This trouble that you're dealing with, and that trouble, this need, and that need. Who knows what would have been had you only followed this Torah advice, that the best time to pray is before you find yourself in a fix. Because if a person waits until chas v'sholom, something happens, and then he cries out, it helps. But it doesn't have the efficacy of crying out when things are going well. We'll study this with some detail in order that we should understand it in a practical way. In Masech the Shabbos, the Gemara is talking to a healthy person, and it tells him, A man should always be praying to Hashem that he should not become sick. It's good advice, by the way, and you should do it. Le'olam means always, 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 always. Even when you're in the best of health, you should pray to Hashem to remain well. Not only in the Shemona Esrei, even when you're in a place of business, in your office, nobody is listening. Walk into a telephone booth, pick up the telephone and make a long distance call to Hashem. Hashem, please keep me well. He's listening. You are listening. Hashem listens. Hashem loves people who pray because it shows you understand that Hashem is in charge of the world. And it helps too. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, look at this man. He's well and he still cries out to me. So I'll see that he remains well. Of course, when you're old and all of your bones are aching already and your eyes are dim and your stomach doesn't act properly. A lot of things are troubling you now. And you cry out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's also good. It's a very good thing. But how much better it would have been when you were full of juice and your joints were lubricated and everything was working well. And you cried out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu then. Le'olam. Always. You would have become great as a result. And you would have been healthier too. That's what Eov's friends are telling us. Hayaruch Shuacha. Did you arrange your prayers, your outcries, when you're not in distress? Here you are walking down Ocean Parkway, striding down the street in good health, with healthy legs and a healthy liver and heart. And you remind yourself of what we heard tonight. It's always good to pray not to get sick. So you say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Please, Keep me well. And that's thousands of times better. A thousand times more effective than when somebody is chas v'sholem sick and he sends out telegrams to the yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael. Please pray for me at the koisel ha'ma'aravi and the graves of sadikim and so on. The best time to pray is when you don't need it. 
That's when HaKadosh Baruch Hu prizes it most. The most effective prayers for a healthy heart is when you don't even know that you have a heart. When it's functioning so perfectly that you're not even aware that it's there. That's the time to stipulate. Oh, Ribbonu Shalaylam, please keep my heart pumping. Please, please, no clogging arteries. If you do that, that's the best heart medicine there is. Pray that the kidneys should never shut down because then it's too late. Most likely the prayers wouldn't help but to pray while the kidneys are functioning so smoothly, so smoothly that all you know about the kidneys is what you read or see pictures in the drugstore windows. That's the best tefillah. Now as you're walking down the street, you see the cars driving by and that reminds you to pray for shalom. Traffic, by the way, is the worst enemy. Of all diseases, the worst is traffic. It's something you have to pray about. And you'll never get through praying for that because it's an ever-present and already danger. You know, people think that praying for Shalom is only a formality. We're keeping it in reserve. When there will be a war, chas v'shalom, or riots in the streets, that's when we'll take out our Shalom prayers and dust them off and get busy. Oh no! We have to ask Hashem for help always, every day, and many times during the day, walking in the street. Help me cross the street. You need siyatadishmaya to cross the street. And the best time to ask is before you cross the street. Before you get into danger. In your car, even more so. I'm not talking about tefillas aderech. Don't wait to go chutz la'ir. To travel over a bridge or between cities. That's when you have to say a bracha with shema malchus. But even when you're sitting in the car and you're traveling only a few blocks, you should daven. You know what could happen in those two blocks, chas v'shalom? Ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu he, that he should give you Hatzlacha. Ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he should give the driver Hatzlacha. When I ride in the car with somebody, I'm thinking all the time, Ribbon HaShalaylam, save us, save us. The driver doesn't know I'm thinking that. He'll get nervous if he'll hear me say that. I'm not the nervous type, by the way. But I heard this Torah advice, and so I fulfill it. It's a wonderful piece of advice. I really should charge you admission tonight. But if I told you anything that was worthwhile, this is it. The great system of asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for something before the need actually arises. Pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for good health, for peace, for parnasah, for everything while you have it. Now, you're only going to be able to pray for what you already have if you recognize the treasure that you're sitting on. And that brings us to the eights and number seven. It says in Tehillim, Ashrei maskil el dal. How good it is to think about a dal. The word dal means a poor man. The Pasuk here is giving you an etza. If you want to be happy, think about the poor. Think about the poor and you'll begin to realize how rich you really are. Now don't be fooled by the word poor. There are many forms of poverty. The Gemara says, Ein dal ela choyle. You're a poor man if you're sick. It means if you're not sick, you're not poor. You hear that? If you're well, you are a wealthy man. Gesund isreich. They used to say that in Yiddish. Now the Gemara said this for a purpose. You're expected to hear this advice and get busy following it. And if that's the case, one of the most important functions in life is to realize how many good things HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing for us. To be a Sameach Bechelko, to rejoice in what you have by means of being Maskil El Dal. 
if you're sitting here right now and you feel well, you should know that you are a billionaire. Not a millionaire. A billionaire. That's how you have to feel. There's nothing like being well. You need 10,000 things, 100,000 things to make you well. And you have them all. It means you're rich. Only that you haven't realized it yet. Now, that needs effort. You can't get rich without working for it. It means you can't be a Sameach Bechelko unless you begin studying how lucky you are. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you to constantly be aware of how lucky you are. It's one of the Yisaitis Hamunah. And one of the eights on how to accomplish this is by means of how good it is to think about the dal. You walk in the street and you see a broken woman bent over, dressed in rags, and she's pushing a shopping wagon. In the shopping wagon are all her worldly possessions. Everything she owns is in her shopping wagon. She's an insane woman. She sleeps on the railroad tracks. She doesn't sleep. The bums come and bother her. She has no menucha. By day she sits in a park and tries to sleep. She can't fall asleep. She might fall off the bench. It's a rachmanus. It's a tragedy. Where does she take a bath? No baths. Forget about it. Where does she go to the toilet? She has to find special places. It's a rachmanus. It breaks the heart to see such a thing. She has nothing at all. But you, you have a house. You have a home. A roof over your head. When you walk in, it's warm in the wintertime, and you can lock the door with a lock. You're safe. For the time being, we're safe in our homes. You should appreciate that while it lasts. You have a bed. Not only a bed. You have a mattress and a pillow, too. You have water from the faucet. Even hot water, if you want. You have a toilet and a refrigerator. You have everything. Think about this poor woman who has nothing at all. Think of the people who are so sick that they cannot even sleep all night. They're going crazy. They have pains. There are people who have to go through dangerous operations. People who are on respirators. Baruch Hashem, you can walk around. You can breathe. You're a free man. You're well. Baruch Hashem. How much you have to thank Hashem. Once you begin to be masculine Eldal, you realize how rich you really are. Don't say, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not a mafursum. I'm not this. I'm not that. You are a millionaire. You have everything. You have two good eyes, two good ears. You see a man coming down the street with a sleeve hanging down. There's no arm in his sleeve. That's something to think about. Ashrei maskil eldal. You have two arms. You have clothing. You have pants. You have a coat. You even have a belt with holes in it. One hole before lunch, one hole after lunch. You have shoes, and the shoes have rubber heels, not wooden heels. You have buttons and buttonholes and pockets. Baruch Hashem, you are a millionaire. You have a stomach, you have kidneys, you have intestines, you have lungs, you have a heart, you have a liver. And it's working perfectly. It's working well enough that you're not in the hospital right now. Baruch Hashem, you are a millionaire. All you have to do is open your eyes, open your head, and become maskil eldal, and you're becoming wealthy. How good is this advice if you want to be a happy person your whole life? If you'll practice this program of being maskil eldal, you'll begin to realize how fortunate you really are. There's no better Eitzah than to become a happy person all your life. Number eight, choose your neighbors. 
Number eight is an Eitz Tova that is being repeated over and over again in the Torah. It's in the Chumash, and in Mishlei, and in Tehillim too. But we'll sum it up with three words from the Mishnah. Harchek Mishochen Ra. Keep away from bad company. Now that's an Eitz Tova for succeeding in both worlds. It's the beginning of all good things. You know, if you look at the opening words of Tehillim, you'll be surprised. Praiseworthy is the man who did not walk after the advice of the wicked, and on the path of sinners he did not stand, and in the company of scoffers he did not sit. Tehillim. Now Tehillim is full of these great ideals of life. It speaks a great deal about our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's full of Ahavas Hashem and Yiras Hashem and Bitochen and Emuna. And therefore, to begin with such words, don't sit in the company of scoffers. It seems out of place in such a sefer. We want to hear about getting close to Hashem. Instead, David is telling us to keep away from bums. But David is teaching us something now. He chose this Eitzah as the introduction to his magnum opus, because that's the introduction to all of these great achievements. It all starts with keeping away from bad influence. You can never really say to Hillim, you can never love Hashem and sing to Hashem if you are associating with the Rishayim and filling your mind with their ideas. Because that's what it's all about. What matters most is your mind. And if you're in the company of fools and lates him, you become one of them. You don't mean any harm. It won't help. You become a partner in their thoughts. If you're standing among fools, ignorant people, people who aren't idealistic, then you have to know you're becoming like them. Whatever they are thinking, whatever attitudes and feelings they have is shared by you to some extent. You can't help it. You are what your environment is. Remember what I'm telling you now. You are what your environment is. Wickedness, even the most faint forms, is contagious. Even to walk down the block with them causes you to be a partner in their thoughts, their attitudes, and their emotions. That's why David is not praising the man who just doesn't follow the advice of the wicked. He doesn't walk with them. It means he won't even pace the streets together with them. Because if you walk their streets, if you are in their company, then to a certain extent, you are in the counsel of the wicked. Now, sometimes you can't help yourself. You need to make a living. You can't be helped. Men must make a living. And of course, when you're looking for a job, you can't always be so choosy. But as much as possible, always look to be with good people. It's so important because you're going to be what your environment is. You must know if you're a public school teacher, when you're mingling with many others of low character, men and women, and you're exposed to adverse influences. I know a case of an Orthodox Jew, a Ben Torah, who was a school teacher, and he was lured away from his wife by a Gentile teacher in the same school. He forsook his family for the sake of a Gentile girl. It was unthinkable that this should ever happen. But that's the result of wandering in strange fields and straying from Torah advice. And that's why we should listen to the advice. Harchek, as much as possible, keep far away. 
Bad company includes, by the way, not to invite a goy into your house every evening. In many Jewish homes, a goy comes into the house in the evening through a hole in the roof from the antenna, and he talks to your family, a Jewish family sitting around the table listening to this goy. The Mishugaim, to bring into your home a shuffel, shebeshvalim, the lowest of lows. A sick, immoral fellow is speaking his heart out, and the family is sitting there listening to him. You're a rotzeach. You're murdering your family. The Mesilis Yishadim says that when you choose your food, you have to be very careful that it should be clean and sanitary. But when you choose a friend, he says, you have to be a hundred times more careful. A hundred times more careful than when you choose your food. Now that's very important advice. You understand already why the Mesilis Yishadim gives such eitzes? It's because when he learned Torah, he knew how to learn he understood that it's Kulo Eitzes. And he understood that part of Harchek Mishochen Ra is to choose only the best to associate with. Even when you sit in the base Amadrish or in the base Knesset, choose a seat near the best people. Yes, you have to know that even in the best shul, if you sit down next to a person of bad character, he can ruin you, Halila. I've seen it again and again. Once a man came into our shul, he was a Baal Tshuva and full of enthusiasm, and he sat down next to an old man who I knew was a Leitz, and the old man kept on talking to him during davening. He was speaking all the time against everybody in the shul, including me. Finally, this Baal Tshuva became so ruined, so spoiled, that he became my enemy, and he left the shul. I wanted to make something out of him, but a Shochin Ra ruined him. It happened twice in my history. Twice I had such an experience. In the yeshiva too. You must be careful. I love to see the yeshiva boys in the street. I say, a bracha on their heads. They should all live long. But you should know, every yeshiva has an underworld. You hear that? There's an underwelt. There are some low-grade boys in every yeshiva. Of course, the low-grade boys in yeshiva are hundred times better than the best boys in the public schools. But still... They're low-grade boys. So watch out. Make sure your son doesn't associate with anybody but the best. See who your son associates with. Who are his chaverim? Even in Beis Yaakov, watch out. All kinds of girls go there. Even if their homes have no TV, still some girls have ideas in their heads that you don't want your daughter to catch from them. And therefore, it's so important to avoid people who might spoil you. Even if it will only spoil you a little, the Eitzah of the Torah is you must be aware. Harchek, the Torah warns us, because your life in both worlds depends on it. Number nine, do teshuva. Now I want to speak about an Eitzah that's important for Yom Kippur. It's important all year long, but we should especially think about it before Yom Kippur. There is a statement in Mesech Bavakama. Anyone who says that Hashem is forgiving, he's playing with his life. It means that if a person thinks that Hashem will overlook a man's sins and not punish him, he's in for a big surprise. If a man did a wrong, then even though 50 years have passed by and in between this man became a tzaddik, he became a big Rosh Hashiva with a long white beard, still, HaKadosh Baruch Hu won't forgive him. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not mevater on anything. Now a statement like that should make us tremble. He won't be mevater? 
It means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will face him in the next world in a way that the person never imagined. A face that he didn't recognize in this world. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has two faces. One face is in this world and one face is in the next world. In this world, his face is the face of Chesed. He's forgiving and kindly. He's Marichaf. It means he waits for you to do Teshuvah. But once a person dies, it's all over. In the next world, Hashem shows the stern face of a judge, and it's too late for slicha umechila. Of course, if you're still alive, and you do teshuva, and you ask him forgiveness, that's something else. But otherwise, there's no forgiving. When a man dies with sins, it's going to be very bad for him. And therefore, what's the advice of the Torah? And they shall confess their sin, which they did. Bamidbar. The Rambam says, If you sinned, even the smallest sin, you're commanded to speak up and declare your guilt. Now advice like that you ignore at your own risk because without teshuva, no sin is small. Like the Chayvus Levava says, there is no Avera that is small without teshuva. Every sin is a catastrophe if a person doesn't regret it. And because HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't like catastrophes, he says, Confess! If you speak up to Hashem, you're already facing the direction of Teshuva. Of course, the best thing is to get busy repairing the harm that you did and to change your ways. But at least when a man knows that he is guilty and he has charata, he is worried, and so he declares his guilt to Hashem, that's already a form of kapara. It's not a full salicha u mechila, but it is certainly important. This brings us to the very great subject that we'll call mixas teshuva. It's important to understand that any degree of teshuva is desirable to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even insincere teshuva is extremely valuable. This we learn from the story of Achan. You remember when the Jews conquered Yericho? Someone stole from the spoils which Yoshua had prohibited. And in order to determine the guilty party, they made a goral, and it fell out on Achan. But Achan was having none of it. He denied it. It wasn't me. So what did Yoshua do? He told Achan, V'tein lo toda. Make a confession, and you'll be exonerated. The Gemara Sanhedrin says, Yoshua bribed Achan with words. He misled Achan into thinking that if he would confess, he wouldn't be killed. All Yoshua meant was that he would be exonerated in the next world. But he tricked Achan into confessing. Now listen to what the Gemara says there. It tells us that Achan earned Olam Haba because of that vidoy he said. It's a moire diga Gemara. Yoshua tricked Achan into Olam Haba. You can trick someone into confession. And that person thereby gains Olam Haba. So we're learning now how important vidoy is. It can earn you Olam Haba. And any trick is worthwhile if it will make a man finally open his mouth and confess that he was wrong because it's the best gift you can give to him. Opening your mouth to say you are sorry to Hashem is so powerful when someone confesses with his mouth and he says he is guilty and he is sorry, it affects him to some small degree. And although he is confessing his guilt only in order to save his life, and in reality he is not so sorry, He's still far away from real teshuva, but it still has some effect. Maybe Achan felt sorry to one thousandth of the guilt. I can't judge that. But even that small amount of teshuva was beneficial to him. And so it's kedai to get busy tricking yourself. You're far away from real teshuva. 
Say, I'm sorry anyway. Because when you confess with your mouth, when you say, I'm guilty and I'm sorry, it's already a mitzvah. You're already digging yourself out of the hole. And therefore, the best Eitzah in the world is to do teshuva right away. Don't delay. You can save himself from troubles in this world and from Gehenna in the next world. Don't wait till Yom Kippur. Who knows what's going to be till then? Who knows where you'll be then? And chas v'shalom. You might even forget that you did something wrong. That's why when you say every day, Salah lanu, you shouldn't just gallop through it. You're doing teshuva now. Think about your sins. Don't be yoytze just by saying words. Think of certain specific things that you did. We've committed various serious sins in our lives. And that's why every from Jew should accustom themselves to performing miksatz teshuva. Much punishment will be removed and you will be surprised at the results. By using your mouth for this purpose, by saying, I'm sorry and I regret what I did. You're cleansing your neshama. It's wonderful advice. Don't procrastinate. Open your mouth and say, I'm sorry. Every time you do that, not only during the Asetis you made Teshuvah, all year long on a regular Tuesday morning, on a Monday afternoon, every time you say, I'm so sorry that I did so and so. You're fulfilling a mitzvah's asedoraisa. You're tipping the scales in your favor. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu will see that you're trying. And maybe he will put into your heart to perform a full teshuva. Number 10. Seek counsel. Now it takes time to mine the Eitzes from the Torah. In life there are thousands and thousands of problems coming up. All the time, and although the Torah has thousands and thousands of Eitzes to deal with them, most of us don't have enough experience to uncover all of the Eitzes. Sometimes we might even know the Eitzah, but we don't know how to best apply it. And therefore, for the final Eitzah, we'll take something that includes all the Eitzes of the Torah. Asei lecharov. Make for yourself a Rabbi. Asei lecharov. Choose a good Rabbi. And he'll tell you all the Eitzes. Now many people think it means that you should make a teacher for yourself to learn Torah. If you want to learn, let's say Lomdus, so you find a Rebbe in Lomdus. You want a Rebbe in Musr, so you find a Rebbe in Musr. You want a Rebbe in Halacha, a Poisek. Go to a Poisek, a Rebbe in Halacha. Torah has many different subjects. In one subject, you could have one Rebbe. In a different subject, someone else. But make for yourself a Rebbe means more than that. Because the most important subject is yourself. You have to have an advisor in life. Men and women, everybody, boys and girls too, should make for themselves a Rebbe. Look for someone and tie yourself up to that person and live by his advice. Every person, a boy or a girl, should have eights. Now a girl can't have Eitzis of the Rav, but she could have her mother or her father ask Eitzis of the Rav. Yes, a Shidduch. Ask Eitzis. Sometimes the Rav will tell you, watch out, it's the wrong one. Ask for directions on life's highway. As men fregd, blunget men nit. If you ask questions, you won't get lost. I'll say that again. As men fregd, blunget men nit. If you ask questions, you won't get lost. Think, when is the last time you asked for advice? When was the last time you had a conference with a Talmud Chochem? Could be you have nobody. It's a great error. Find somebody.
Many times women call me up. They're having trouble with their husbands. I say, can you send him to me? He won't come. Does he have a rav? No. Where does he daven? He davens in 15 different places. It's a big error that many Orthodox Jews today commit. On Shabbos, they travel around. They load their talus underneath their coat and they're off for adventures in a new synagogue. Friday night, he davens in one place. Shabbos morning, someplace else. Every week in another shul. And therefore, you always gain if you attach yourself to somebody. Even if you go to a little shtibel and there's a little rebbe in the shtibel, even that is a tremendous benefit for you. A benefit in both worlds. At least somebody is your mentor, your guide. Don't make decisions until you speak to him first. Many problems are solved so easily if you get advice from somebody. Shomea le'etza chocham. A chacham is one who listens to Eitzes. Shlomo HaMelech was not talking to little boys. He's talking to adult men. Yes, even you, you must make for yourself a teacher. Everybody needs a mentor. Everyone needs a mashgiach. You need a supervisor in life. You don't want it? Too bad. You need it because everything in life is subject to whims and many times great errors are committed mainly by a whim. Whim means a very small emotion. Decisions are made on the basis of whims instead of on Torah etzis, on good advice. Good advice does not mean a marriage counselor. It doesn't mean a psychologist, unless it's a very from Jew, a learned man. Keep away from them like you keep away from a rattlesnake. You're shy. You overeat. You're nervous. So you think, I'll go to them. The psychologists are not capable. I happen to know. I have a long experience with people. People who are schlamazels. People who themselves are shy. They have inferiority complex. They overeat. And why do they do so? They become psychologists. Now they have a certificate on the wall and they sit in an office and they give other people advice. The world says, Ashustergit burfus. You know what that means? A shoemaker goes barefoot. A tailor wears rags. It means people who give advice to others many times don't know what to do with themselves. It's not so easy to find proper counselors. But the people who have diplomas as counselors, the diploma says this fellow is poison. That's what the diploma says. We, the state of New York, hereby certify that what this fellow will tell you is a bum steer. And he'll lead you to perdition. He'll lead you to the brink. Stay clear of him. That's what all the certificates mean. Find a learned man. Someone who learned a lot of Gemara, for instance. In the Gemara, there are hundreds and hundreds of stories, and it tells you what to do. Mishle is full of Eitzes. If he learned Mishle, he knows so many Eitzes. How to get out of difficult situations. How to solve problems. Sometimes they seem impossible to solve. And you come to this person who is experienced. He shows you it's so easy to overcome the problem. It's remarkable. Sometimes people are stymied by small things, and the person who has experience can tell you. And therefore, And then you won't have any doubts about what to do. Of course, you think that you know already. You have no doubts. No, you should know there are doubts. There are doubts all the time. In general, we sum it up like this. 
a person who listens to good advice is a wise man. Now, if we would listen just to this piece of advice alone, it would be a tremendous Eitzah, because listening to someone who knows the Eitzahs will save you a considerable amount of Tzoros. Now, these ten Eitzahs from HaKadosh Baruch that we spoke about tonight are all vital for successful living. And if you review them, whenever you have a chance, they'll be wonderful tools for life. But the truth is that if we had the time, I could add maybe another thousand. And there are very many that I myself haven't noticed, so I cannot point them out to you. But once your mind is aimed at this target, they will constantly pop up here and there. You'll begin to discover them on your own. There are many gems buried beneath the surface, and you'll begin to recognize the ways of happy and successful living, of contending with the problems of life, of knowing which path to take at every fork in the road. Shalom. All the ways of the Torah lead to success. Shalom means perfection in everything. That's what we're learning here. That there is an Eitzah for almost every contingency in life. Only we have to open our ears and listen. Teshuvah berov yo'etz. There's a salvation in much counsel. It means if you'll seek advice from the Torah, there is salvation in that system. The Torah is called Eitzah Vitushiah because counsel that brings successful results is one of the great elements in Torah. And therefore, to take the advice is supremely important. No less important than doing the mitzvahs of the Torah. And that is the criticism on the nation. They're a nation that has lost counsel. It means kapshuto. They are lacking in the ability to cope with life because they have forgotten that the Torah is the place to come for advice. And that's why those words are part of the eternal Ha'azinu Shira, the song that we're expected to sing to ourselves throughout history to remind us of where we've gone wrong. And that's why you'll remember that I said in the beginning of the lecture that the Pasuk in our Parsha, Kigoi Ovad Eitzos Hema, is not only a criticism, it's an Eitzah like everything else. Because there's nothing more that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants than for his children to be successful. And the great happiness of living in this world successfully, of knowing how to navigate all the bumps of life as you make yourself into an Ishalem, is available only to the Torah nation. We look into the Torah, the Torah Shebichtav, and the Torah Shebaal Peh, and we find all the models for successful living. That's what it means to be a Torah nation. We listen to the advice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we become the Goy Male Eitzus, the nation that finds everything it needs in the storehouse of good counsel, the Torah that Hashem gave to us. Have a wonderful Shabbos and a Gamar Chasima Toivah.